Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Sheeran. My guest is George Sens, VP of Sales and Marketing at Authvia. George, it's great to have you on the show. Jeremy, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. We are a full-service B2B podcasting agency, and we help brands use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic, non-salesy conversations with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. You can learn more at tribknowledge.com. So, George, tell us a little bit about your background in marketing and sales and about Authia. I've been in revenue generation, let's say marketing, business development, and sales for more than 20 years. I was startups, large enterprises, and pretty much everything. Regard Dia, we're a software company that's been able to create what I believe are convenient, simple, and secure payment enabled, enablement solutions via conversational commerce in a business ecosystem that's pretty complex and complicated. Most of the time we do this via text messaging, but we can also do it in channels such as Chatney. Basically our goal is pretty simple. We wanna enable all businesses and organizations to be to easily be able to offer their customers payment experiences no matter where they are. Now in plain English, what's that mean for you? Um, let me give you an example. Let's assume you've, you go to your pharmacy, you get a prescription, letting you know that it's ready to, uh, to be picked up. Most of the time within that text, they'll let you know that it's ready and they'll even tell you maybe the balance that you owe them for the prescription. That's it. There are some exceptions where they'll maybe put a link in there and they take you to a payment portal or an application which requires all kinds of login credentials. Could even have you go back into the texting application itself to get a code to go back into the application and sign in. Where our experience is unique is that you can do everything within the texting application. And in fact, after you, if you used, I used it the first time, you can actually just respond with a unique four-digit code for that transaction. Something as simple as C123, it'll let you know that it's processing and that it's been paid. So we've taken something, made it very simple, very easy to use, and yet at the same time, the security around it is the highest they can get within the industry. Okay, very cool. That sounds really useful. It is such a pain to have to pay things and logging into eight different things and going to websites. And so... Awesome idea. Love it. Now, you've been with Authia for about seven months, and one of your main initiatives has been to pivot the marketing to really address the why behind what the company offers. So what did marketing look like before you took over, and why did you, based on what you saw, why did you initiate this kind of pivot toward the why? First, the way it looked like it was almost exclusively focused on the how and how to the point to where the language we even used was hyper-focused for folks in on development side so that if you were on the business facing end of any type of organization probably meant very little to you when i realized we needed to make a change is when i came on board is i was a former customer of Authias, and mm. i was on the business side and the way it was rolled out to us nothing there was no hook there was no interest in fact it was rolled out so technical that quite frankly, you know, I, I'm pretty technical myself, but really couldn't see the value in it from what we were doing from that perspective. So when I came on board here, we realized we were having the same challenge with our channel partners, uh, that the business facing folks couldn't see the value in any capacity because we had so hyper-focused on the development side with our messaging. That's when we realized we, have a, we had to pivot from how to why so that we could get everybody to understand it. God, that's so interesting. It's, you know, as you just described for us, for our, for the audience, what the product does. And 
you know, maybe it's partly because you and I talked before. So, uh, so I under, you know, understand the value, but I, I can see that when things get too technical, too in the weeds, just the thing itself isn't enough. It doesn't sell itself, right? Even though it's this great way of solving this problem, if you don't actually articulate it, like tell the story focusing on the why, people literally just can't see it, right? That's kind of amazing. Yeah, in fact, it's the problem is, is that when I said it's, it's complex and complicated, it's that we sit in the middle of multiple touch points. So you've got a business or an organization, we're integrating into their systems, we're getting information from them, we're going out to their customers, we're then going to a third-party processor that handles their payments so we can enable that, so we have to be fully integrated there. So what happens very quickly is it's complex in what we're handling because we've got to stay compliant, we've got to make it easy to use and how we're doing this, and yet at the same time, it's incredibly complicated because we have so many touch points with different organizations on what we're doing. So we explained all of that. Well, to the general person you know, on the business side, whether you're the one selling the solution as a channel partner, whether you're the, the merchant or the customer or the business that's gonna be offering it to their consumers, you don't necessarily care about how. Yeah. You, you wanna know why, why would I even, why does this even matter to me? That's where we fell completely flat. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's in, in hindsight, it can seem so obvious, right? Or you walk in as a marketer and you can see, whoa, wait a minute, we're missing this. But if you're not in that mindset, it just, you, you just might, you just don't see it that way, right? You're, you're so caught up in the how or the intricacies of this amazing thing that you've built. Yeah, it's, in fact, I'll tell you where it's swung is when I, when I left my other position and I had a, a few other opportunities to really explore this being one of them. And then I, told the guys that, you know, founded the company and, you know, and to this day still run it at Authia that, you know, I, I, yeah, I'll listen to what you have to say. I'm certainly engaged. And then when we started having more conversations and I realized then at that point in time, what we do, it went from being, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm interested in have a conversation to, wow, this is actually really cool for one and two. There's one hell of a market for us yeah. if this is properly. And so that, that's why I really joined the company thinking, boy, we, if we actually can line this up correctly and really articulate what we're doing or what we can do, you know, it's going to change the way people look at us. Okay. So, so give us some examples of what you've been doing to align things around the why. I think the first thing we, we wanted to do is, you know, is try to do one thing and one thing only, which is be able to articulate relevance. Okay. First and foremost, you know, when we say why, why is it relevant today and why is it going to be relevant tomorrow? So when I, you know, kind of gave the edict inside to everybody to say, okay, let's, let's stop there. Let's focus on just relevance. What we realized very quickly was a lot of other organizations have done a lot of the legwork for us from the perspective of, you know, a lot of surveys, you know, pre-COVID, during COVID, post-COVID, they've gone on. And it, it became very easy for us to be able to start to articulate why. So as an example, you know, through these statistics that were, you know, the many that we're now using and explaining the why that help very clearly articulate why you need something like this. An example would be, you know, 90% of consumers prefer to engage with the business by texting. Okay. 74% of consumers say they'll continue to use a contactless payment option even after the pandemic's over. 
So when we say contactless payment, contactless payment isn't tap your card against something. You know, even though a lot of businesses right now say, oh, it's contactless, just tap your card. Get a chuckle out of that because I had a discussion with a partner and said, okay, let me ask you something. How do I contactlessly tap you on the shoulder if I want your attention? <laughs> right. right. It's not contactless as we go through. You know, then we found out as we started even digging deeper that, you know, 60% of consumers report back that they would actually move their business to a different brand that has a contactless payment option. You know, mm. then we started finding numerous other stats where people want convenience. You know, that's one of the biggest things right now is a convenient experience, especially during that payment experience, where again, they'll move for convenience on what they're doing right now. So we realized, wow, a lot of the why is there for us on why businesses need to do this. Because first and foremost, you know, what's going to drive business, what their consumers are really looking for. So in this case, we know what the consumers are looking for. We've got the solution. Now it's up to us to articulate that why. Take these statistics and start putting even use cases to the different businesses that, you know, are customers of ours. Okay. So if I'm hearing you correctly, the first part of this, just doing some research, finding some data, right? And if it's not your own original research, there's plenty of stuff out there. Find it. So you can make claims and back them up with some proof. So, and what have you found is, are some of the most successful ways for you to articulate this, to package it in kind of a story form? Like, how do you do that? Well, one of the things we do, and we've, we've started doing it really by vertical, is that we actually use the stats here so that they start to understand the why. And it's exactly what I, the example I gave you with a pharmacy, that we start putting it into um, experiences within those verticals. So as an example, I go, you know, I go to the pharmacy, we're speaking to a potential customer. In fact, we've, we've got probably a dozen of them right now to the, to the number of about 8,000 pharmacy locations that are prospects for us right now that we're, we're pretty deep in conversations with where we went through this, they sort of stood up on yours, understood it somewhat as we were going through. And then we put it into experience that hit home. It was twofold the customer experience and how it impacts them. So what we did was articulate, I'm the customer. You let me know that, hey, I've got this due. You know, are my prescriptions ready to be picked up? You owe me $12.95. Fantastic. Stops right there. Instead, I've got to show up at the pharmacy and stand in line 20 minutes for me to give you my name, my birth date, and say, no, I don't need to speak to the pharmacist. Versus you give me the experience of saying, do you want to pay for it now in the same text? Yes, I pay for it. I walk up to an express lane, I give you my name, the birth date, don't need to speak to the pharmacist, I'm in and I'm out, okay? We started articulating those type of use cases from the consumer side, how it was gonna impact their um, consumer experience. Then we went back to the business and started articulating, you know, very clearly and saying, now his impact to you. And what we found out right now in today's day and age is that one, you know, like with pharmacies as an example, there are labor shortages across all, industries right now are verticals to the fact that they have high dollar folks, pharmacists that are coming up and working, potentially working cash registers, because again, they're understaffed and stand to be able to focus on where they actually make their money, which is filling prescriptions. So when we went through this, we actually put the use case to them that even saving one minute per transaction across multiple days, weeks, months, across a year, multiple stores, then the fact not only were we saving them time, we were actually able to show them with that time savings, you could fill additional prescriptions during the day. 
um, the ROI that we demonstrated to them. And, and I normally, from a marketing and even a sales perspective, wince when I think of ROI because a lot of them, they're, they're not real numbers, you know, on, on what you do. In this case, it was all of their numbers we utilized that we came back and had a three to one ROI that they actually came back and said, we think you're understating it. That's when we knew our messaging was coming across from the marketing perspective that we had done it right as far as what they understood what the you know, improved consumer experience was going to be. And quite frankly, you know, we had articulated to them very clearly and concisely that mm. what it was going to do to optimize their processes and really optimize the revenue that they were driving from this. So that was the big pivot we made in marketing that we wanted a twofold messaging geared towards consumers messaging gear towards how we optimize processes and optimize our revenue. And it sounds like telling a relatively simple story that's just really aligned with the day-to-day -day experiences of a given vertical, say pharmacies, can have a big impact for, and, and that makes total sense, right? I mean, of course, they're going to understand that example because they deal with that stuff every day. Yeah, it did. In fact, it, it's had an impact on them. It's had an impact with a number of other verticals that were targeting right now. We've taken the same experience and we've gone through and been able to really use that, a very similar process with each one of them. And we're finding it having a, let me just say, we're, we're getting a very positive reaction from these folks. And, you know, we're, we're positioned to have some pretty solid growth over the next couple of years. That is truly awesome. And it seems like the takeaway lesson here is don't ignore the why. Don't sleep on the why. You gotta, you gotta foreground that or else people just won't won't see the value that you know is there. Yeah, we, we've, what we've really focused on, I'm not going to say we've entirely pivoted away from how, how it's just gone much further down into the cycle. We've now kicked that really into the sale. What we're doing, we start providing solutions. From the marketing perspective, it is focused on why, and then we'll get into a little bit about what we can do to address the why. Once we get to that point and there's enough interest, as far as I look at it from the marketing side, we've now kicked that over to sales, and we get into the how when it comes down to the a little further down into the funnel of the sales cycle. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Okay, a couple quick questions for you here, George, at the end. So what's your main focus? Sorry, what's your main focus for the remainder of Q1? Really, I, I, I'd like to tell you that it's, you know, where we're focusing the five Ps as far as, you know, product, price, promotion, place, and people. We are. What we're really trying to do is make this messaging consistent, consistent across not only the verticals, but even internally. So our folks are, are singing from the same sheet that we're going mm -hmm. on. The other piece that we want to do, quite frankly, is make sure that anything we have that's customer facing, you know, any media, whether it's our owned media, you know, our website, we're going through this quarter to make sure that it's great. We're putting collateral together. We have this messaging that's external facing. We got to make sure that the, our website reflects that. Our goal is to have that done, updated and completely refreshed by the end of Q1, possibly going into Q2, but really by the end of Q1. Second piece is we're going to start getting our messaging out a little more solid and a little better externally on how we're driving. Start to have a little bit more of a social media presence, uh, demonstrating some thought leadership on what we're getting out there. Um, because we want to make sure from the earned media standpoint on social media that that messaging is not only consistent, um, but we're, we're very, again, clearly articulating the why yeah, to the masses mm -hmm. out there. Baby steps. For, you know, maybe a mm -hmm. lot of marketers, for us, pretty big steps considering, you know, to where we were even a quarter. This is going to be a pretty big transition for us. Yeah. And I like how you put that just now. Articulating the why is not just a one-time thing, obviously. Yeah. You have to keep doing it and keep doing it and tweak it 
as your audience evolves and changes over time, right? You bet. So it's, I mean, it comes back to that that simple word relevance. If you want to stay relevant, yeah. the why's got to keep evolving. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the top three KPIs that your boss pays most attention to? Really what it comes down to from my, and it's, we, we look at the, the revenue pipe overall, or that funnel, if you will, what we're driving. And for us, it's, he looks at three key things because we enable payments. We tend to use their, their nomenclature a little more. So merchants would be customers, businesses, organizations. So from that standpoint, he looks at how many new merchants we're adding every month, how many merchants are actually at, you know, utilizing our solutions and within that even to what extent and then the number of transactions each month that way when we can see that we know a few things that are happening we know that one our messaging is getting across not just to our our channel partners but to our merchant customers that are coming on board you know those businesses those organizations but also that we're helping them clearly articulate it to their consumers and they can see the value and what they're utilizing or what they're getting out there so those three things really show that that messaging is working on multiple levels. We continue to add new merchants or customers. We continue to see that they're, you know, that they're active and they're utilizing it and the level of activity is jumping. And then we continue to see those transactions every month that helps us understand, yes, they're using it. And yes, it's successful because we can see that continue to grow too. Okay. And finally, what do you and your team hope to accomplish this year? I'm going to give you the sales answer, which is as much as we possibly can. I mean, uh, really, we want to leave this year where our our biggest thing for us is that, you know, and it's going to take a while. We understand that. But we start to have some people who, when they think about something as simple as text to pay, you know, it's great. We have it, you know, as a registered trademark, TXT, number two, PAY. What we want to start to do is when people think of text to pay, even just the phrase, they think of Othia. Same situation. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a long-term aspiration that when you think of a tissue, what do a lot of people say? Can you hand me a Kleenex? Right. Same situation where we want to you know, start to get people to, and they say, text to pay, first thought is, Afia. Ah, you know, I've got to go to these folks. We know we want this solution. That's, that's what we want to start to get to where, you know, internally we're doing it. Externally, we are already starting to see it with certain channel partners and some of the merchants are goal by the end of the year is to significantly grow that branding presence so that more and more of those folks, when they think of text to pay, think of Othia. Yeah. Great goal. Reach for the, for the gold ring or the brass ring or or whatever you call it. Right. That would be like the, an ultimate win for a leader of sales and marketing for sure. That would. Yeah. Well, George, thank you so much for a great discussion. I really enjoyed it. Likewise. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.